Hi, welcome to the Lone Star Keto podcast. I'm Amber, also known as the Lone Star Keto Girl. And today we have a very special guest. I'm super excited. I just adore her. Her name is mm-hmm. Cynthia Monteleon, and she is a metabolic analytics practitioner, strength coach, track and field coach, and a 2018 and 2019 national and, and world champion in track mm-hmm. and field. That's pretty awesome. And wait till you hear mm-hmm. what she does. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us. Aloha. Thank you for having me this morning. Well, it's morning oh, for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I should mention she's in Hawaii. So it's very early there. Uh, what time did you say? It was like six o'clock, something like that. Yeah, six, 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I was probably <laughs> rolling over in bed at six a.m. <laughs> so thanks again for joining us. But but the background you can't really Thank tell because it's really bright. But there's like ocean behind her. That's the it's ocean. Pretty awesome. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So let's get started. Um, I was really intrigued with what you do as far as the. Let me make sure I say it right. Metabolic analytics practitioner. Can you yes. explain exactly what that is? I, I, I just found it fascinating. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, when I wanted to, when I had my goal of becoming a world champion and I knew I wanted to be number one in the world, I went straight to um, the best in the world who handled hundreds of Olympian, Olympian athletes and professional athletes. And that was Charles Polican. And so I took um, his certification in metabolic analytics. And then he kind of took me under his wing and uh, became my mentor in it. And what it is, is we, I measure um, 14 different places of body fat and it's not just a body fat test. So it tells where you're holding your body fat tells me things like how your hormones are balanced, how your liver's functioning, um, your uh, thyroid health, really all kinds of things. I can tell if people drink on the weekends, I can tell just really more about that. They don't have to tell me anything. I tell them about themselves and then they go, how did you know that? So, um, so the ratio between these measurements, not the actual, I mean, the measurements, yes, but the ratio between the measurements tells me how things are balanced. And from that, I can tell also like usually what minerals they're deficient in, how they should be eating. Some people are more carb tolerant than others. I can tell that. Um, and it's really based a lot on Eastern medicine, I've found, um, the way that we measure the meridians, that sort of thing. And so I measure and then um, I give them a protocol specific to them. So I do think that um, certain t- styles of eating work well for most of the population. But then you have uh, things that happen like maybe um, you know, there, some people are intolerant to some foods or, you know, things are going on in their environment that are not going on in other people's environment. So I'm able to really pinpoint a specific metabolic program for each individual. And so I also do it. Um, I do like a three-step process. I do uh, like a phone call consultation if somebody is far away and I get some idea of what's going on with them. And then from there, I can do a recommended a nutrition plan. But then from there, the third step would be the actual metabolic analysis in person. And so, so people, um, I'm in Hawaii, but people fly me to the mainland, um, a lot of professional athletes to uh, assess their metabolics and put them on a plan. And it's just really exciting to be able to help so many people. My passion is helping others thrive and be at their best, be a superhuman. 
I love that. That that is amazing. And that's so much why I try to do what I do, not not in the athletic, you know, field, but the overall kind of health. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about what clients do you have? Who do you what are your most common clients? Are they average people? Or are they all athletes? Like like tell us well, a little bit about that. I kind of I have I have both. So I have one client base that is really, really high profile athletes. I have some that are extremely famous and I can't say who they are because they um, don't want anybody to know their edge of what they're doing. And so, um, but really awesome, famous professional athletes. And then Olympians, I love Olympians. They're just like such hard workers and they do everything I give them down to the T they always, you know, they're just like right on point with all the protocols. Um, but then on the other hand, I also have um, mostly, I guess you would say, I would classify them as autoimmune disorders. So when my doctor can't figure out what's wrong with his patient, and it's not that he's a bad doctor, he's actually one of the top doctors in the country. But when the blood panels come back as everything is fine, and the patients feel like, obviously everything is not fine. Um, or maybe they, you know, like if it's a woman, they haven't had their menstrual cycle in a year or two years. Or um, another client I had, for instance, uh, vomited on her cycle every month. And um, actually, I hear that a lot. And so he will send them, he says, okay, look, I do with black and white. If it's this, I prescribe this. This is what I'm trained to do. Um, however, if it's gray, then go talk to Cynthia. <laughs> and so I have a lot of uh, patients who are just trying to figure out what's wrong with them, why they're tired, um, maybe why they don't have as much energy as they used to, or a lot of times they're gaining weight and they don't know why because they're doing everything they think is healthy. And um, you can probably relate with uh, changing the diet. That makes a big deal for uh, hormone optimization. So, I mean, if your hormones are off, you're going to gain weight and not realize why. As you age, you automatically, yeah. of course, things change and, um, and you gain weight, but that doesn't have to happen. So I, I have, I pretty much help them figure out why that's happening specific to them because it's actually different for a lot of people. And then I help them fix it. So I, I love um, see, it. those are my two really like clusters of clients. I, I pretty much, you know, anyone and everyone, <laughs> so but those are my favorite. So what do you find as a kind of a common cause or element to a lot of these issues? Is there something that, that you keep seeing over and over again? Oh, yes. The patterns are very clear. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people have fatty tissue on their liver. And um, sometimes I, when, I, when I have the ratio between, say, usually it's between the triceps and the calf muscle. If I, that is a certain ratio, then I send them to the doctor and I tell them you need to get scanned for fatty liver. I'm pretty sure you have fatty liver. Um, and they do in 100% of the time I'm right. But wow. of course, almost 50% of the population has some sort of fatty tissue on their liver is what I'm told. So I, maybe it's just not that uncommon. However, um, it's like, okay, so that's one issue. And then another one is that um, I see a lot of zinc deficiency. And I see, um, I see that people are eating like a lot of grains, uh, too many grains, I would say is causing both of those types of things, because 
they're not able to uptake the nutrients they're supposed to uptake because they're they're one not eating nutrient dense foods and two those uh, phytates are binding to the really essential nutrients they need so I'd say those were the two amongst wow. the regular population the athletes usually have a different story <laughs> uh, tell me just a little bit about the athletes because okay. that's that's kind of intriguing okay um, so the athletes will have two different problems usually one I see a lot of uh, female athletes having hamstring toxicity and um, oh, sorry my table shaking um, and two uh, which okay that one comes from environmental toxins uh, generally so unfortunately as women we are taught at a young age to use beauty products like we need to smell good and look good and um, I'm the I I'm like the opposite with my clients I'll, if I'm around them I'm like you smell too good what's going on what's fragrant get rid of it <laughs> so I eliminate all fragrances and anything that really could be um, mimicking estrogens in their cells so we have like we have cells um, that have receptors for estrogens and they kind of are there to park their cars there and unfortunately a lot of chemicals in the environment mimic estrogens and so our cells let them park their cars there and then they proliferate and then they become too estrogenic and then their cells can't communicate and they can't have their best athletic performance. Um, this also causes problems for non-athletes as far as illness and fatigue and things like that. So, um, so that's the most common in female athletes, I would say. And then the most common um, for male athletes is um, they're usually their abdominals and that is related to stress and also poor blood sugar balance or an in, uh, influx of sugar. So they're eating too much sugar a lot of times. <laughs> wow. That is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can tell this by measuring various parts of the body and taking the oh, ratios. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, <sighs> it's a really great, great program. Okay, see, and, um, now you need to start doing the certifications for that because <laughs> I would be all over that. That is the coolest thing. Well, the, the other part of it is it's not just learning how to do it. It's like um, it's having the experience to recognize with your clients what's going on and the patterns. So the more you do it, the more you realize that, okay, it's, you know, this is the pattern that I've seen, you know, a hundred times before. So I know what to do or I know where to start at least. And, um, and uh, usually, I mean, I think it's taken me, the longest it's taken me to figure out an autoimmune disorder was about uh, three and a half months. Usually I have it down in about a week or two, but um, it took me three and a half months to diagnose Ehlers-Danlos um, syndrome, which is when you can't make type two collagen. It's very, oh, wow. it's not very common, um, but the, the client had gone to the doctor and uh, you know, just everything was off your digestion because you, you have collagen in your epithelial lining of your gut. You have collagen, um, you know, of course, your skin, your like basically everywhere you need in your organs. So her organs weren't functioning properly because she's not making type two collagen. So that took me a little while to figure out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that, that's a, yeah. <laughs> when it's something so unusual. Wow. Yeah. Um, that, that's really cool. I love what you do. I think it's, it's so fascinating. Um, you have talked a lot about supplements and you do use that in, in some of your cases and et cetera. And I, I believe you, yes. you're currently taking supplements. Can you kind of uh, talk about what supplements that you recommend? Um, what 
depending on the person, I'm sure like athletes are going to need something different than what I would need. And, and what are you taking? Sure. Um, it's, I, it's hard to, to kind of like say for everyone, just, just like it, you know, everyone's different. So um, that's why the, the metabolic analysis is so awesome because I can, I can really figure out what everybody needs individually. But generally, I would say as a population, we're definitely magnesium deficient. And so I often have magnesium on nearly everyone's protocol. Athletes are always magnesium deficient because wow. we use more magnesium. <clears throat> and then um, let's see, the um, glutamine and glycine, there's a product uh, by ATP Labs called Glutamed. It's my favorite, if you know me, you know, it's like my favorite supplement. And that one actually was developed by my mentor specifically for his oh. clients. He went to the company and said, I, please make this. I want it to do this. This is what I want in it. And they made it for him. There's a few How supplements cool. that, they, yeah, that they carry that he did that with. And so um, it's glutamine and glycine, and that helps, oh my gosh, everything. So the, it helps uh, heal the mucosal lining of your gut. It um, gives you glycine for your, your skin and your all kinds of stuff. And so um, it's just, it's amazing, like this product. But and, um, anyway, you, it's basically like the supplements are specific to the individual, I would say. But there are a few that pretty much everybody is deficient in that's cool um <laughs> i'll put a link if, if you okay. can give me a link below for, oh yeah for the sure. one product you mentioned because that's that's really yeah. cool um i'm sure a lot of people could benefit from that okay. yeah it, it really is my absolute favorite product that's it, cool it boosts um one uh, one thing that i've noticed that it does is it boosts immunity too so oh. um very rarely do my clients get a cold or sick if they are taking the the glutamine so uh, and it also helps rebuild muscle tissue for athletes. Like, oh my gosh, I just, I could go on about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this a pill or is this a, in, it's in a powder? A, okay. Yeah. That's what I've yeah. seen you talk about. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's a, it, the only thing is I just say, don't put it in hot liquid. So, uh, room Ooh. temperature, usually I put it in my protein shakes or sometimes pre-workout that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, cool. so I take a lot of supplements, um, because I, operate at a very high intensity for my running. Um, but, and I have my favorites for sure, but I do feel like my diet is more important. So if you're going to choose supplements or diet, I would say go with changing your diet first and then figure out from there what you need to supplement. Because I've seen plenty of people do carnivore and keto and that sort of thing and not need supplements. So, um, uh, because they're getting plenty in their in their food. And I, I think I, when I say I take a lot, like I take a, a variety of different products for different purposes, but I think I get most of my nutrients very well through my food. Awesome. And what do you eat by the way, to, to keep looking like you do and being able to function and do all the high level athletic things that you do? What are you eating? Oh, well, I eat a lot of red meat actually, <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, so I guess you would say it's it's a paleo keto carnivore blend. I cycle carnivore in the winter, especially. Um, my birthday is in February, and I always have a championship race coming up, like an indoor national championship or something like that. Um, and I never want to go and you know, have a sugary cake, so I have a cake made of salmon every year. It's I like a this. like if you were <laughs> thinking of a salmon burger, but bigger in a cake pan. 
with two layers. And then instead of frosting, um, it's goat cheese. My husband makes it for me. He puts goat cheese in, in the middle and then he does little goat cheese rosettes around the top. I so love it looks, that. looks just like a cake and it's so rich and delicious. And um, yeah, so I, I, That's I, the cycle, I cycle carnivore in the winter, um, but mostly I eat a meat and nuts breakfast and um, that sparks the neurotransmitters, uh, acetylcholine and uh, dopamine. And so it gets you really motivated for your day and ready to, to like just tackle everything. Um, I eat, I, I know a lot of people fast, um, but I don't fast and I generally don't have my clients fast, but I know there are benefits to fasting. And for some people it is necessary. Um, that would be for my clients, that would be anyone who's morbidly obese or um, has some really, really bad IBS or Crohn's. Sometimes I do have them do like broth fasts and things like that. Um, but generally I don't fast and I do eat several times a day. I need that fuel to keep me going because again, my muscles are, are operating at really high intensities between run, sprinting and strength training. Um, but uh, yeah, so I eat uh, basically a lot of meat. So mostly carnivore. I'm definitely, you would say meat-based um, carnivore, I mean, uh, some nuts and berries in the summer as well, and some green vegetables, but usually I have them cooked. Well, it's apparently working quite well for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, y'all. I mean, oh, I'm going to, I'll put up some pictures of her because I mean, she, she's like, wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I think more importantly, um, besides like, I feel like a lot of people can, can uh, build their body to look a certain way. But what's more important to me is the biomarkers of my blood work. So my doctor says, listen, I endorse absolutely everything that you're saying and doing because I've never seen blood work this good in my life. Wow. Like, in my whole career, I have never seen blood work like this. And so, <laughs> yeah, I know. And so that's, of course, that's what we want. We want to be happy yes. and thriving and healthy. healthy. Not yes. just, we don't want to just look healthy. We want yes. to actually be healthy. And that's where my, where I help my clients the most is I say, okay, listen, um, sure. You can eat, oops, sorry, sweetie. You can eat um, junk food and still set a world record, but what's going to happen in 10 years when you have autoimmune issues from all of that junk you were eating, you know, like let, let's change that now. And so, um, you know, I really help them, sorry, to optimize and be the, their absolute best that they can be for longevity. And um, yeah, uh, so that's, more, and besides the, the looking and the blood work, um, I think a lot of people who are, are health nutrition advocates um, aren't necessarily competing still. Um, I think it's awesome that Sean Baker is. Um, you can see his hard work every day, yes. for instance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've, the fact that, so my big thing is that I ran faster last, besides the gold medal, I ran faster last year for my world championship race than I did 22 years ago in college. Wow. And so that's like putting, that's like walking, walking the walk instead of talking the talk. Love it. And love it. Hold on. Hold on. I, I have to, sorry to interrupt. My son is like shaking the table. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm just a regular volcano. Mom, I am a regular mom. I got to juggle everything just like I everyone. love it. People are, Perfect. people are like, how do you do what you do? And I'm all like, you know what? I just take it one step at a time. 
And right now I'm in the middle of an awesome podcast and my, my seven-year-old is shaking my table. Like, <laughs> I love it. So, so it just happens. Real live people, it, real yeah. live. Yeah. And that's the other thing is I like to really encourage people because, um, you know, I worked really hard to get where I'm at and, and it doesn't, it's not that hard. And it wasn't that long ago that I was just, you know, carrying baby weight and an average mom and not doing anything spectacular, so to speak. But I decided I wanted to do something to change my health. And my daughter asked me to train her in running. And so that's how this kind of all came about. And I started running track again, which anyone can do. Master's track is awesome. And uh, I I just want to really emphasize that I was just like everybody else. And after just figuring out what to do and becoming certified in the metabolics and learning the way and learning the knowledge of how to get there, I realized it's, it's actually a pretty simple solution and that anyone can do it. So I, I really believe that. that. Yeah. It's a great message. And, and, it, <laughs> and it is so true. And, and like what you were saying about health, yes, it's, it's great to look a certain way, but after 40 years of focusing on just the weight aspect and not really considering the health aspect. Mm-hmm. It, it just really messed me up. But now that I'm on the other side, I realize how incredibly important it is to be healthy, to be yes. happy, to be living your life and not focusing on, Oh, I can't wear my size double zero jeans. You know, it's, it, there's so much more to it. And, and I have so many of my clients the same way, you know, that they, they come into it uh, talking about weight and I, I have to try to hopefully, you know, get them more focused on the long term, the staying healthy so you can maintain what you're doing. Because, you know, like me for 40 years, up and down, up and down, up and down, because I couldn't maintain it. So yes, mm-hmm. health, that's a huge message. And, and, and I like how you worded all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into your, your running part, because I want to hear more okay. about that. Okay. <laughs> we, had, we had a little discussion about uh, your thoughts on on smoothies and there are a lot of people who you know do a lot of that you know for health reason etc but you have an opinion and I'm, I'm I'm really curious to hear that because we didn't actually get to to get into that <laughs> on smoothies in general yeah oh yeah okay so <laughs> I have here's one of the, you were asking me do I what do I see in clients a pattern so here's a pattern I see a lot um, I have a, a, usually a female, sometimes a male, but usually a female that comes to me and they say, um, I don't know what's going on. I, am, I eat healthy. I drink smoothies all day long, or I have a smoothie before I work out. I do cardio for an hour. And sometimes I increase, I've even tried increasing my cardio. I'll do it for two hours, one hour, eat two, twice a day, and I'll drink my smoothies and I don't know what's going on because I'm exercising so much and I'm not losing weight and I'm, I feel like, you know, I'm gaining fat. What's going on. Okay. So what's going on is that they're, they are eating excess fruit and not enough protein. And so this is a pattern I see very often. And that actually is, I have found those clients have more fatty liver than the other clients. Now I know that fruit in general does um, help you control your blood sugar due to the fiber. However, it, depending on what you're eating, that's not really necessary. If you're eating a meat-based diet, for instance, that's not really necessary because you're already 
controlling your blood sugar through your protein and fat intake um, or keto, for instance, because we all know that the insulin resistance improves. And so because they're eating high amounts of grains and other things, um, the fruit is reacting poorly. Now we have known since ancient Egypt that fruit, excess fruit and grains causes fatty liver. And how do we know? Because they have these really awesome, beautiful murals of them force feeding geese for to make foie gras. It's the beginnings of foie gras. They figured out that the geese gorge themselves on uh, grains mostly before the winter, and then they fast all winter, and then they their fatty tissue um, is no longer there after they migrate. They fast for their migration, and so it's. I know we are not birds, but it's the same concept that's happening with us. If we right. When we want to fatten beef to make them better for market, we give them corn. <laughs> so, um, so here are all these clients of mine who are thinking. That, oh, sorry. So then they also the the ancient Egyptians also fed the um, the geese um, honey and wine, and then the Romans added figs. So they figured out huh. pretty quickly that high fructose fruits will fatten the livers even better. So if wow. you look up. If you go on PubMed and you look up fructose, fatty liver, you're going to find a plethora of research on that. And some people will say, oh, yeah, but that's not the, uh, the fruit kind. That's the high fructose kind. I mean, fructose is fructose. So, yeah, if you're eating an apple a day, then maybe you're going to be fine. But if you're having smoothies where you're having excess amounts of fruits, you're not fine. And I have, a, you know, a professional athlete who's a two-time Olympian. And he said to me, you're the only one who figured out my issue. The only one, because I told him you're eating too much fruit. You have fatty liver. And that's why you can't lose the extra 10 pounds that you're trying to lose to get back to your race weight. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out right now because that's the opposite of what my dietitian told me. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm just, don't kill the messenger. I'm just letting you know that you need to ditch the smoothies. And, um, and I know that this, it's a very controversial subject for some reason to, to tell people not to eat fruit because we've been so ingrained in society with, with, um, you know, you have to have a lot of fruit for the antioxidants. Well, you know what, just have a handful of berries because you're going to have less fruit and the antioxidant um, component is going to be a lot higher because the thinner the skin on the fruit, the higher the antioxidants. So bananas are going to do you no good. Um, and, and I'm very anti-banana. In fact, my that clients used are to not be allowed. My favorite. My clients are not allowed to eat bananas. Uh, so, um, and hold on, sweetie. <laughs> Juggling again. <laughs> Juggling Just say again. you're having a volcano yeah. reaction or something yeah. there. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the, the smoothies are, you know, they need to just go away. The other thing is, okay, then my clients say, uh, well, what about green smoothies? Um, I'm having vegetable smoothies that doesn't have a lot of sugar. So what about those? And I say, okay, well, wh- how much, how many vegetables, what kind? So I had one client who before me had kidney stones because she was having uh, spinach smoothies every day. And, you know, you hear, myths mm-hmm. or rumors about the oxalates mm-hmm. and the spinach. And uh, she absolutely had that happen to her. Wow. And so she said, I learned the hard way that, and she was, I mean, extremely like ripped um, surfer, just like, I mean, 
very, very healthy individual. But she thought she was like going a little bit overboard with the spinach in the smoothies. So more than what you would eat in a salad, right? right. Because you're blending it. So right. I think that's, I think, you know, my opinion, smoothies need to just kick it, go uh, away. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you based on what I've heard. Yeah. Well, well thanks for talking about that. Okay. One more thing sure. really quick. Um, what do you think about coffee specifically like having it um, on a carnivore diet? Um, what, what do you think? Well, just having it period, I guess. What, what is your take on that? Um, well, the thing about like carnivore and keto and paleo diets is it's great that we have like a label to figure out how to guide us, right? So, you know, maybe look for paleo products in the store or look for a keto snack if you're keto. But I think it shouldn't let, you shouldn't let those labels define who you are and who, what you're doing. So that, what I mean by that is um, if you find that coffee works for you and you're, you're doing well health-wise, then um, hold on, please don't touch that. <laughs> he's, he's, my phone's about to fall over. Oh no. <laughs> Yay, juggling. See, I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you're finding it works for you um, to have that, your blood works good and everything's coming out good, then you should have it. But if you're finding that coffee crashes you and you're feeling lethargic or you're maybe like my clients, I have them do one to two cups of coffee in the morning after they eat. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. But if you find that you're up to three, four, you're getting more or you're needing it to get through your workout in the evening, like then no, the coffee's not doing you any good. Um, I think that, uh, so for me, I have my clients do percolated coffee and that's because it, you're uh, with the unfiltered coffee, you can keep in the terpenes, which are the oils. And so those will, at the more, and the more it boils up and down, the more of the really good antioxidants you'll get and the minerals you'll get from the coffee, as opposed to just drip coffee, which goes straight through. So in that realm, espresso would be the least healthy coffee because you're not getting the terpenes or the back and forth boiling um, to get the minerals. So they have it after breakfast. And the reason why that is, is because I really want them to spark those neurotransmitters to have energy for their day. And so they have their, um, like their protein first. Um, and I can talk about that too, because it's really important to have protein as your first bite of food to stimulate your, your HCL. And then they have their nuts, um, if they're doing nuts, if they're doing berries, some, some clients who are very, very carbohydrate intolerant don't do the berries at all. Um, if, they're, if they're extremely autoimmune, I have them do carnivore. They're not doing the nuts at all. Um, so they have that and then they wait and then they have their coffee afterwards. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that it's uh, sometimes, okay, then, then there's some you know, spices. I'm an advocate of using spices even if you're carnivore. Like, um, there are some really great benefits of turmeric and annatto is my favorite spice to have people use. Um, I just did a really long, extensive article on tocotrienols, which are the other half of vitamin E I that haven't that. been studied. Yeah. So everybody thinks vitamin E is tocopherol, but actually tocotrienols are the other side and they're the long chains. And so they attach better. It's just really fascinating because only in the last 10 years have science, scientists even studied this part of vitamin E. And I'm mentioning it because Anato has most of the really great tocotrienols in it. So I think it's ironic that the scientists are like, we have discovered this new 
part of vitamin E. Meanwhile, centuries ago, the Mayans used it as a supplement. The Mayans were really great at supplementing their food. So, uh, so they were using it for a long time. And uh, so, yeah, it's like a little red spice and it attaches to fats. So for instance, spices, coffee, I think that there are some things that you can add in that are maybe not within the parameters of the exact definition, but they do have um, some, some benefits. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, that that's kind sense. of my, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of my attitude too. I definitely use spices because I, I cannot do just meat with salt. I, I can't do it maybe one day, but right now I can't and I'm not <laughs> going to. So, you know, there you go. But, uh, and, and I will occasionally have coffee too. Um, I've cut way back, but it's not the coffee so much as all the cream I wanted to put into it. Uh, so I had to, yes. <laughs> I had to cut that out because I was like, Ooh, this cream is good. So it was a little um, bit of coffee with my cream. So yeah. So is it heavy cream you were yes, doing? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. So I, yeah, sometimes dairy will cause uh, inflammation. So I, I try not to, yeah. I do, I do allow heavy cream occasionally, but um, I try to uh, push maybe something, you know, maybe to butter I mean, butter is still dairy, but it just doesn't have the same yeah, effect on people. That, that's same inflammatory true. effect. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like that, like, you know, the heavy cream with the, the, the lactose and it and all that, it just, for me, it makes me crave more and, mm. you know, I've kind of broke all my sugar craving cravings and all, but I notice when I do have more of that, all of a sudden that little sweet demon is starting to eh, whisper in my ear and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this got to go, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we're all different. We have to figure right. out what it is that triggers us or what doesn't work for our bodies. And that's what you know, I was going to say is fits and definition or not yeah you become in tune with your body yes the, cl yes. the cleaner you eat I think, absolutely too. yeah 100%, I think yes. when you're eating processed foods and artificial yes. ingredients like it's like you can't even read your body no you your signals you are all over the place it's like you can't trust what your body's saying because really your body is going to really need that snicker bar yeah i'm sure about yeah. that one <laughs> or that oh, coke yes. that you're craving yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure your body's not telling you you need that <laughs> no and to uh, there's, what is that term intuitive eating oh my gosh somebody asked me once, uh, what do you yeah. think about intuitive eating like yeah. if you if your body feels like it needs a donut then um at 10 o'clock in the morning then you should eat a donut right and I was like are you freaking asking me that right now <laughs> seriously no what you're doing is you're setting your body chemistry up the wrong way because if you're exactly. eating a big bowl of cereal for breakfast then of course you're gonna crave carbohydrates again two hours later because that's what you just set your body chemistry exactly, up to do. Exactly. So let's set our body chemistry up to, you know, to be our superhuman optimal selves, not and work for donuts. you, not against yes, you, because I'm sorry, exactly. your body is not telling you to eat Snickers and a Coke. Sorry. <laughs> I yeah. to tell you that, but you know, no, nice try trying to get around yeah. that intuitive but, eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a great, uh, you know, concept, but sometimes, hmm, okay, let me, let me just see. <laughs> make sure. Okay. Before we get onto this. Okay. So just kind of briefly explain more about how you got into running. I know you started doing that because of your daughter and all explain a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, so my daughter and your was, age and your age. Oh yeah. So I'm 44. Um, and it actually wasn't, um, that long ago and uh, hold on one second. I'm going to have to send them inside. Try thinking, go inside. Because I'm on, I'm on the podcast. He's about to jump on the trampoline now. <laughs> My husband's still sleeping. 
because it's so early in the morning. So I apologize it is early early for the interruptions. Um, so, uh, yeah, so um, I, my daughter asked me to train her in the 400 meters because she wanted to run track in college like mom did, which was really exciting. So yeah. we went up to the track and we uh, ran. I said, well, let's start. We'll run one lap and we'll time ourselves and we'll start from there. And it was the hardest 400 of my life. We collapsed at the finish line ran a very unimpressive time of somewhere around a minute and 30 seconds and, um, you know, started from there. But that was the main thing is that we started. That was our starting point. You got to start somewhere. And I always say you got to start where you are. Um, just start today. You know, if you're wanting to change your, your eating or your exercise, start today. So uh, we started and a year later, I entered a competition. Um, I, I probably practiced maybe about three times, two or three times a week throughout the year. And I started to lift weights again. Um, and then I, I went to this competition and I got a fourth place ribbon, which is great, except that it was a fourth place ribbon. And I thought, Oh no, I want a medal. I've just missed the third <laughs> place medal. I don't want a ribbon. I want a medal. So I use that as a reminder that, you know, I, I just really to keep working hard, I, I guess. So I vowed that the next year I would become national champion. That was at the national championships, by the way. So I came in fourth. Um, and I vowed to become national champion. And so I worked really hard. And that's when I, I looked up, you know, Charles. And well, I had learned his teachings earlier, but I went straight to him at that point. And um, I, yeah, I, I went and I became national champion in four events the next year and then went on to become world champion. And you know what? I just keep showing up. I just keep consistent. So I, I think again, it's, it's a pattern that's not necessarily difficult, but it just takes uh, showing up to do it. And I, love uh, it. and I love teaching people how to sprint as exercise instead of yeah. distance running. It takes less time. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so good for you. Uh, they always talk yeah. about the high intensity, you know, bursts and all how, how that's so healthy for you and you just need this much time. So for people yes. who don't have a lot of time to be spending, you know, hours in the gym, you know, what a great thing to do. I wished I was more into that, but you know, <laughs> maybe I need to make myself, but I can help. Uh, <laughs> yay. Okay. Um, there's something that's a little bit controversial that I, I kind of wanted to bring up just because it is something that you've personally have my dealt with. Wants, Your cat sorry, is photo cat or video bombing us. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to make light of the situation there. There we go. Oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See? See? I'm just a regular mom. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. But okay, so so this is kind of uh, some, this yes, happened sorry. to your daughter, um, mm -hmm. where she had to compete against a biological male, mm -hmm. and I, I know you have some kind of uh, experience and feelings about that. Would you you share a little bit of that? Sure. Um, you know, my, well, my daughter uh, had her first race of the year this year as a freshman in high school after training so hard with me for these years. And um, yeah, she, her first race was, she had a biological male in her race. And um, in high school, uh, the guidelines suggest that you can identify um, however you want and uh, without any kind of other measures or anything that would be in the NCAA or, um, or world athletics. Um, but you know, the bottom line is that girls and women deserve a fair playing field in athletics and biological males just have an advantage over females um, that we can't compete with. 
at, at an elite or high level. So when we get to a championship level, the, the biological male will have the chance for victory over the female every time. And so I really believe that uh, we should stand up for females because we've fought so hard and so long since Title IX for equality in sports. Yeah. And now that's being taken from us. And um, this is, you know, it really just has to do with fairness and athletics and giving girls the chance to win. They deserve that chance. Yeah. What, yeah. what okay. What happened in that race? Just out of curiosity. Um, well, the, uh, the athlete went out very hard um, in the 400, or maybe a little bit too hard, according to they're new to track. So um, maybe they probably could have paced a little bit better from a coach's point of view. <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. they went out, the splits for the first 100 and 200 meters would have been in contention for a state championship in those events. And it was only wow. the first half of the race. So basically, wow. they they blew everybody away. Wow. So, oh, my That's other amazing. cats come to say hi now. <laughs> Just bring the whole family. Come on, let's all gather around a little chat. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but it's a, it's a serious issue because I think people are afraid to speak up and I'm not afraid yeah. to speak up. I've had a long, long talks with my family and my daughter and um, we actually, you know, my daughter feels really strongly about supporting women's rights and standing up for female athletes. So she's, you know, she's not afraid either. So we, we just really feel like in this family, like we really all want to support giving girls the, the chance to have um, a fair playing field and to be uh, treated equally uh, on the track so, or in any sport. That makes total sense. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, good luck to your daughter. I mean, she's got to be pretty awesome with her mom as a trainer and such a great example. So I'm sure she's going to do great regardless you, of who yes. she's against. Right. But, and she did, she came in second in that race. So, oh, um, nice. so in, instead of, um, instead of coming in first in her very first race, <laughs> right, she, right. she came in second. And so I was very proud of her. Of course, she ran awesome and, um, that sort of thing, but like we concentrated on her training and her race and that, and all of her hard work paid off. Um, but she definitely deserves a chance and all girls deserve a chance for that fair playing field. I agree. But, and good luck to her. She's going to do fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Um, check the top. Okay. She oh, eats sorry, steak before she, she eats steak before she runs as well. I did something I didn't forgot to mention. Oh, that I, I like I it. Eat, steak right before I run before I race so wow. she does okay too. that's very different because that's not what yeah. you hear you hear oh you're supposed to eat a plate of spaghetti or you know a glucose packet or whatever that's what yeah. you generally hear so wow that's that's cool and y'all yeah. are y'all are rocking it pretty hard so <laughs> it must be doing some something right that's well cool. the, I mean steak is a basically a powerhouse of nutrients you've got and you've got the carnitine mm -hmm. uh carnosine um, the carnitine actually helps transport fat. So if you're fat adapted and then you have the carnitine, it helps you transport those fats and to use as fuel more so than if you're, uh, you know, for carbohydrates and, uh, you've got, uh, yeah, the carnit, the creatine, carnosine, B12, folate, zinc. I mean, all the really 
awesome things for it's like the perfect package for fuel yes so. it really yeah. is if you're fat adapted it's a little bit harder yes. if you're so reliant on carbs though and glucose that makes it more difficult for sure that's true okay so um before, we're running uh, close to time okay so i wanted uh, to have you talk a little bit about your upcoming book and i think you're also doing a new video if you want to talk about that and I'll put it in below oh, yeah. too. Okay, uh, sure, yeah. Uh, well, I've had a lot of people interested in uh, learning to sprint for health, healthy biomarkers and um, for their exercise routine. And so uh, my, my book is talks a little bit about my experience running, but um, it also talks about, teaches you how to spark neurotransmitters for motivation by way of nutrition. And then it talks about um, how to sprint. And I have uh, really awesome uh, guest uh, contributors who are both professional Olympian female, or sorry, professional Olympian athletes and um, also master's athletes are contributing workouts to the back of it so that you can have some workouts to try as you learn how to sprint. And then the last part is about like giving back and establishing a really strong personal foundation, like giving back to your community, having gratitude, all of these things really matter and becoming a champion and becoming the best super human superhero version of yourself. So I teach you kind of how to do that too. A lot of really great tips in there about sleep and just taking care of your body. Um, so that'll be coming out soon. And awesome. then, um, yeah, I just finished filming a, a little dynamic warm up video. So, the first thing I start people out with when they're learning to sprint is doing this dynamic warm up. So, not static stretching, but moving into your stretches and getting those muscles prepared for sprinting. So, I, I pretty much have them do that for a good solid month or so before they move on to anything else. So I just finished filming that and I'll be posting that today. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll put it below too. So by the time this oh, comes you. out, it'll be posted yes. and all. So I'll, I'll add yeah. that for sure. Well, very cool. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot going on. You're busy and living <laughs> yeah. a life and hey, it's all good. I'm thankful for um, the opportunity to help other people really. Like that's what it comes down to and, and to help my community. I mean, just that's what it's about. You know, we're, we're temporary, we're temporarily inhabiting this, this world. And, um, I think what we give back and how we help others is really important. So Perfect. I love it. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sorry about all the distractions, but it just goes to it's show life. That, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like everybody else. Like I just do the best I can. Uh, I show up and I, I have my goals and then I just try to make it work. And sometimes you know, my seven you. year old's shaking my table and trying it's to knock all good. Over my throat, and sometimes my cat's jumping in and so it's just the way it is. It's life. It's life. I have expected <laughs> my daughter and my grandbaby to kind of be coming across the yeah. here as I go to the pool <laughs> and then make funny faces at me. But you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked it hasn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe you're a grandma. You just look amazing. Yeah, I am. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but yes, I, in fact, I'm a Gigi. Yep. Wow. <laughs> she wow, turns you just look great. 18 months. Let's see, what is today? The 20, in two days, she turns 18 Aww, months. That's oh, the best goodness. age. Oh, age. gosh. You know, talking, uh, saying words and so clear and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, mean, she's been exactly. saying words for a while, but I mean, now they're like, you say a word and she mimics you. So now we have to kind of be careful. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> of course not me. I would never say anything that I wouldn't want repeated. <laughs> never, never. Well, it has been a pleasure. And do you want to, do you have any last minute things to say, advice or uh, any motivational, anything you want to end with? Gosh, uh, you know, probably just what I've already said is that anyone can do it. I'm just like anybody else. Um, but, you know, now I, I feel so great because I'm just so happy every day. And when I go do get my blood work checked, like, you know, all my, my markers are there for longevity. And now I get to share this information with other people and help, you know, help our, our Team USA Olympians represent us in the world. I get to help people who, um, you know, who've had neuropathy for like eight years, finally not have it anymore. I mean, it just it's really rewarding to be able to do this. And I just want to encourage everybody that you can be a superhuman superhero too. Um, you just, we all have choices in our day and if we just choose the, you know, the right foods and the right exercise, like you can do it too. It's, it's pretty simple. I love that. That's perfect. Great ending. Okay. <laughs> I love okay. And Hey y'all, before you go, be sure to uh, subscribe and put the notification and go follow Cynthia. Cause she's awesome. I'll oh, put all her you. information <laughs> below. Um, she's super sweet and she's got so much to share. And again, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm looking thank forward you for to having talking me. with you more. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Cynthia. Okay. Aloha.